Welcome to The Lead, a podcast of law enforcement stories told to you by law enforcement officers. I'm Anthony Rodriguez. And I'm Fatima Simici. And today we'll be talking to Detective Springer from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. About the brutal murder of 14-year-old girl, Rachel Hurley. Okay, so this is an update for the Rachel Hurley's case, which we did a podcast last year. For those who don't know, she was 14 when she went missing um, in Jupiter Inlet. She was supposed to meet her mother at 3, and she was not able to make it. Um, this case terrorized the entire county. And for those that have not listened to it, we did a podcast with all the details last year, March 17 of 2019. This year will be her 30-year anniversary, and we still have no answers. So here is uh, Detective Springer talking about the case and giving us an update, which generated new leads. So thanks for being here, Detective. Um, it's been a year since we did the last podcast with Rachel Hurley, one of your cases. Can you give us an update of what's happened in the last year with Rachel Hurley? Well, as... Every year, I mean, this case generates leads. Uh, even though it's happened in 1990, I'm still getting leads uh, on this case. Uh, <clears throat> during the last year, I had a uh, one of the former suspects came forward and gave me some additional information that I followed up on, and it turned out that the information that he supplied was not accurate. I mean, I had... Uh, collected DNA from a lady up in North Carolina and interviewed her and subsequently went back and re-interviewed the uh, previous suspect. I really don't want to say his name right now. He's, sure. We've looked at him over the years. Uh, he's in prison. He got a little upset uh, when I got a little accusatory towards him, uh, made some threats towards me before we left. He came uh, back because of the lady? Uh, yeah, I, he had given us some information. Uh, I had additional DNA work done on some of the evidence that had been collected at the homicide scene on the homeless camp. And um, there was a female that was that we got some female DNA. And I collected this lady's DNA just to make sure because uh, I was told she lived in the woods. Which she verified she did, but she said she never lived in Carlin Park. Uh, she voluntarily gave us her DNA, gave a statement, uh, knew this, the suspect who had uh, given to her, and she told me she didn't like him at all, that uh, she just didn't like him. But she basically said, you know, um, she said she was a little promiscuous back then, and she said she had sex with just about everybody, but she wouldn't have sex with him because she didn't like him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, she was very cooperative she gave us her dna uh, she's been eliminated as being the lady that uh, whose dna was at the homeless camp uh, like i said i went back and re-interviewed him because i had some additional information reference to him possibly being there at the at the park that day again and uh, like i said it, the conversation ended with him getting a little violent and threatening me so how did that conversation go well it was going pretty good till i got accusatory and then he got upset he didn't like that too much. No. And then over the year, over this past year or so, I got some other tips on uh, some other people. 
and I went back into the found check where we didn't collect DNA from one of the uh, people over the years. So I've collected that DNA, and subsequently it's up at Bodie being tested. It should be back any any week now. What so, was the first suspect in jail for? The one that I was talking about previously. He's been in jail, in and off in jail for years. Uh, uh, he just got arrested. He just got out of jail. Was out of jail maybe a year, and then he was. They charged him with uh, uh, false imprisonment and some other things. He went into a store and did some stupid stuff, and now he's back in prison for twenty some years. This guy's never going to get out of prison. Prison is his life, basically. I think. But anyway, we've looked at him over the years and. Um, he's got a good alibi for that time, and uh, but his name just keeps coming up and coming up, so you just have to keep. He was there in the scene the day that happened. He was not there. I mean, uh, he was supposed to be in uh, DYS. Allegedly, he got out of DYS, but there's no indication. That's juvenile detention center. Uh, that he was in there that weekend. And there's no indication he did get out. But other people had said he escaped and then went back. Uh, and we have other people that said, yeah, he confessed to it. And, but, you know, there's just no proof. There's nothing there to show that. And he basically told me, you know, he's tired of me harassing me to arrest him. Or, and, you know, then he got a little bit more upset. And, <laughs> Can you remind us, is there DNA from Rachel in the case? Yes, we have DNA, you know. I mean, you know, we tell, we, we put it like we're keeping a big secret. Yeah, we say we have evidence. Well, you know, most people aren't stupid. They know it's DNA, I mean, you know, because that's what we work with now. But, yeah, we have some foreign DNA that we're looking at. From a male suspect? Yes. Mm -hmm. So at this point... <laughs> What's the next step? What are we waiting for? Well, like I said, I got samples, DNA, elimination DNA up at uh, uh, Bodie. I'm going to talk to another gentleman on Friday or Thursday this week and collect some elimination DNA. He's not a, a suspect, but if you're a male and you were in Jupiter in 1990, I'd like to get you eliminated through your DNA. So, I mean, we have gone through quite a few people and most people are cooperative because uh, it's case specific I know people worry about their DNA going into a database or something when we collect elimination DNA and I tell you it's elimination DNA it's only used to compare with the DNA in the Rachel Hurley case we don't put it in a data bank we don't compare it with any other cases you don't enter it into CODIS no if it's elimination DNA, it does not go into CODIS. It's strictly case-specific. The only DNA you can put into CODIS is a suspect's DNA. If they're not a suspect, then you can't put, you can't put uh, that into uh, CODIS. There was a lab years ago that was putting everything in CODIS, and when they found out, they dumped all their... Uh, people out until they went back and, and corrected it. It's a matter of ethics. I mean, if I tell you that I'm collecting for a case and it's case specific, then if I'm not ethical, 
then you'll never trust anybody again. I mean, it's part of, you know, my word is my word. If I tell you it's case-specific, it's case-specific. I'm not going to use it in anything else. So the guy from the jail, did he provide his DNA, or huh? we have his DNA? The suspect from the jail. Oh, yeah, we got that years ago. And that didn't match? No, no. So, I mean, <clears throat> you have to... Like I say, most people are cooperative. Mm -hmm. There's no reason not to be. I mean, unless you don't trust the police. And that's probably because somebody lied to them in the past mm -hmm. or something. So that's why I say it's my word. When I tell you it's elimination DNA, it's elimination DNA. I'm not going to use it for anything else. And I'm not going to let anybody else use it. And our lab is uh, director and our lab uh, CODIS person and everything. They're very strict on what you put into uh, CODIS. They have their guidelines and, you know, they're not going to risk their reputation, their uh, good name to put something into CODIS that shouldn't be in there. And if we find that something is in CODIS that shouldn't be in there, then we pull it out. If there's something that, I, you know, I find in a case, you know, uh, like we had uh, another 04 case. We, we got a, a hit on some DNA that was in the, in the car. I found a woman and I, she explained why it was there and made sense. So I had them pull that out of CODIS because it's no longer, to me, I don't want it out there. You're protecting their um, yeah. privacy. Their privacy, sense. yeah, I mean, you know. There's, and I mean her, her DNA. We got a match because she got arrested for something, and her DNA went in the system. Mm. That's the only reason it went in there. So we got the match. Her DNA will stay in the system because she got arrested, and it'll right. stay in there. But the DNA that we got that matched hers and everything, we pull out. Now, if 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 I had a fam, let's say I'm listening to this podcast, and um, I know that my father lived in the area at that time can i supply you with dna would that would that somehow match the dna you, know, you i have? can Is use it? yeah i mean the dna i have up at uh, bodie right now the the suspect is dead but i i collected his son's dna and i collected his mother's dna and i sent that up to bodie mm. And, and he happens to, how did that lead come about? You see, there's different DNA. There's standard STR, uh, I can't think of how they pronounce it. Anyway, and then there's YSTR, which is strictly male DNA. Male DNA comes from the, your grandfather, goes to your father, goes to you. It's strictly, and it's the same. So the grandfather has the same wise as the son has the same wise as mm. the grandson has the same wise. That's why STR. And then there's mitochondrial DNA, which is DNA you get from hair, bones, and uh, I think that's basically it. But most of it comes that we look at is hair. Mm. On an unidentified, we get it from the bones. But that, you know, the, you can also use family relatives to build on that, but that's that's way out of my expertise. Right. I just know we have wise, autosomal, and 
mitochondrial. So the point is that um, if you knew that somebody in your family, um, your uncle, your your grandfather, your father, um, lived in that area at that time, and again we're talking about Jupiter, uh, Florida, um, and they think they've ever heard something or they just suspect anything about this case, they should come forward and offer up their DNA so that we can rule them out. Yeah, if their father or grandfather's dead and they think that they possibly did it, yeah, we can use your DNA to, to rule them out. And see, I, if somebody says, well, you need to look at Joe Smith, well, that doesn't automatically mean that Joe Smith is a suspect and we're going to go after him tooth and nail. I base everything on we're going to eliminate Joe Smith. We're going to get his DNA. We're going to check him out. We're going to eliminate Joe Smith. If we can't eliminate Joe, then we know that we may be on the right track. So, I mean, I look at it as a game of elimination. And when I finally can't eliminate somebody, then I know that I'm on the right track. I just don't say, well, this guy's guilty and let me go prove he's guilty. That's not how we work. Our job is not to just say, well, let me arrest Anthony and and I'll clear this case on Anthony. I'll just build a case on Anthony. No. My job is to eliminate Anthony, and then if I can't, then my case gets stronger because everything I can't eliminate makes it a better case against Anthony. And that gives comfort to everyone listening that, you know, they're not going to... Uh throw their uncle under the bus. They're no. going to come and just rule them out of the case if they suspect anything. Yeah, if they suspect him, we're not going to throw him under the bus and plaster his name all over it. Because, like I said, if I did that, I got a lot of names I could plaster all over because we've gone through the elimination process. I mean, I don't want to embarrass his father. I don't want to embarrass anybody. That's why I say it's all very quiet. We don't, We don't go out and put it out in a podcast that we're looking at this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy because if I did I'd be here all day giving you a list of names right so since the podcast aired last year have you had any new yeah leads? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so I mean like I say and they didn't pan out but they were you know it's the idea that okay well you called up and you thought it was good and I looked at it and I thought well okay so we I checked it out and it turned out nothing I don't get mad at you I don't say, well, geez, that person wasted my whole, a month of my time. You called in, you gave me a lead, I followed up the lead, and I don't get mad at you because it didn't pan out. You thought it was good, and I checked it out, and it turned out it wasn't. So, you know, I don't get angry because your lead didn't pan out. That's my job. And if you think you saw something, or you think somebody was there, and... You give me the name or give me some information and it doesn't pan out, well, you know, we tried. You gave me information in good faith. I followed it up in good faith. And if it doesn't come together, it just doesn't come together. And at least now that we know that that person isn't involved. Yeah. How, how many people would you say that, uh, how many DNA people have we ruled out <laughs> since you started the case? Well, you got to realize Everybody was on the crime scene. Every detective was on the crime scene. The medical examiner, anybody that came close to Rachel, we've eliminated. And probably over the years, 
I'm going to say 50 or better, well. if not more, that we've eliminated. I mean, I say this case, the community got involved and the community's still involved. And people, like I say, that knew Rachel, uh, the uh, Sherry and Aaron have the, the website out there and uh, Facebook out there, that generates and it keeps the case alive in people. So that keeps generating uh, information. This year marks 30 years? Mm -hmm. Yes. How confident are you that we will get some answers? I could get the answer tomorrow. It could not come for another two years. It may not come in my lifetime. But it'll, this case will still be worked because um, the sheriff and the sheriff's office is dedicated to uh, the cold case effort. Uh, and they want the cases worked. And the sheriff likes to see cases get solved. So I may not do it, but I know the cold case is going to be here for another lifetime because they're not going to close these cases out. There'll be somebody working them. Maybe not me, but there'll be somebody. I'm not going anywhere just yet anyway, so. Good, good, good. <laughs> good. This is my, uh, well, some people hunt and fish. This is my hobby. I, I come here three days a week and I work the cold cases. That's my hobby. If you are warm-blooded male in 1990 in Jupiter, Florida. To me, you're a possible suspect until I eliminate you. So if you have anybody that lived back then, if you want to come on in and give me your DNA, I'll be glad to eliminate you. That way I don't have to go looking for you. <laughs>